out of out of Christianity that like God created man in his image when really it's the reverse. You know, we created these gods in our images because these are the things that we're trying to tell about ourselves. These are the stories that we're trying to tell what's more important to us. Most okay, of these episode mythologies- done great. 27 yeah. minutes. This is bullshit. America's leading industry is still the manufacture, distribution, packaging, and marketing of bullshit. Are you are you done like trying to get your ass situated? Well, yeah. I mean, you want to? We're, we're, we talk for a, quite a while. I want to get comfortable, Ian. For sure. For sure, yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't want you to be uncomfortable considering. Are you really? Because it seems like a lot of the times with the shit that comes out of your mouth, you want me to be uncomfortable. Yeah, maybe that's true. Yep, maybe well, that's true. Hello, everyone, and welcome, welcome to, to the, the Necessary, Necessary Bullshit, Bullshit Podcast. Podcast. We're an ongoing experimental conversation. <laughs> you almost started, but you let me do it. I was, I was I'm it, proud but, of you. Like yeah, proud of you. I saw yeah. the lips move, and then you were like, nope. Okay, Josh, yeah, dash yeah, ahead. Yeah. Um, between a progressive and a libertarian, and uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, you know what, Josh? Why don't you tell him? Why don't you tell him? Okay. What, what do we promote here? Ooh, here we go. We promote intellectual skepticism. Go. Ooh. Oh, that, why What's do you have it? to clap for Because you? it's great. Self-education. And very deep conversation. Probably deeper than any abyss you've ever seen in your whole entire life, even if you're 92. We're not talking about your heart. Okay, guys. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about today? Yeah, so, I mean, you know, Josh and I, we, we sort of wanted to just have, like, a spontaneous conversation uh, yeah, today. so let's 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 be honest. Here's the brass tacks of it. We have, you know, through our podcast hosting site, we're yeah. allotted a particular amount of upload time per month. It's like six hours or something yeah, like that. Yeah, we, anyway. we have the six-hour package, you know, which, you know, we might upgrade here for a little bit because we always just end up going much farther, like, in our, like, much longer than we think we are. And you know what, today, you know, if we end up talking more, you know, for those of you who are our patrons, you'll be able to hear the full conversation if we do go Absolutely. over it. Absolutely. So uh, I was kind of... Of, you know, we're debating on what could we fill time with with 50 minutes and have a meaningful conversation with. And and as we were just kind of shooting the shit off mic before we got started here, I was telling Ian about the shows I was watching and I was talking about Humans, which is the show on Amazon Prime. And I was telling him, like, you know, we, we do a lot of cultural perspective, you know, on this podcast. And I thought that this show, you know, it has to deal with like these robots that have. You know, they're called synths because, you know, they're synthetics and it's the intro talks about (laughs) are they Yeah. Uh, the intro talks about like the the scientific history pattern of them. And and now they they you know, they do pretty much they're doctors and they do all the, the dirty work. And and, you know, you have this fraction of people that oppose them called we are humans or that's their slogan. And they say that, like, you know, these these synths are they're taking away our meaning and they're 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 destroying what it means to be human. And like, and then like they introduced that some of them were built with like actual consciousness where this guy discovered how to give, you know, them consciousness. And that, that opens up a whole new slew of questions. And so he was like, we should just talk about that. And I was like, what? (laughs) Yeah. And then you you said your nice little thing about sci-fi. So why don't you tell the listeners what you told me about sci-fi? Right. Yeah. You know, there's something, first of all, I mean, Josh, I know is like sci-fi quite a bit and and I'm also a really big lover of sci-fi. It's always, I mean... You know, some of my first movies that I remember enjoy watching were Star Wars and and lots of others. And also, um, I should have I should have picked up that you were going to say what you said because remember remember your article that you wrote about um, 
Oh my gosh, Ryan Gosling and Blade Runner. He yeah. wrote the article about Blade Runner and the shadow of like the of the you know, the climate crisis or mm-hmm. what the world's going to be like. Yeah. So you already started to kind of like allude to the fact that sci-fi often kind of reflects fears or reflects things. Yeah, I mean, wrong. you know, yeah. So I mean, I guess I'll expand on that. I think that what sci-fi does, as far as cultural commentary goes. It often speaks to our fears and our hopes and our dreams and and any prospects of what what the world may come. You know, with Blade Runner specifically, what I wrote about in my uh, article, um, uh, I I could throw it up in the show notes for anybody who's interested. It's called Blade Runner uh, and Climate Change or something like that. I, I don't I, remember I'm what. I'm pretty I sure it was called Blade Runner. Don't bother reading. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. <laughs> Whatever you read it, um, I, I did. I, well, I guess we did a podcast on climate change, so you had to read it. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, what? Um, yeah, you know what I was getting at was like with uh, the seawall in Blade Runner twenty forty nine is a great example of our fears of of climate change because you know we have rising sea levels. Many people on the coast are going to be either living in. Uh, severe and harsh conditions are going to be, or, or their homes are going to be swept away. Uh, and just at the rate that most scientists are thinking that climate change is, is going. And so with that seawall, it was sort of this, it's this metaphor in Blade Runner to sort of just push back our problems. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just like a band aid. Like, you know what? We're not going to deal with climate change. We're just going to adapt to it. And what's sad too is like, I mean, most, you know, there's a majority of climate scientists who say that like there's no, going back now we just have to adapt and that sort of thing with Blade Runner I mean if you just look at that world I mean there's I mean there's so much pollution in the air it's like perpetual rain I mean it's like snow is in 2049 it's snowing and it also kind of deals with the 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 robot synthetic yeah I mean the the, the replicants themselves exactly it also deals with that that kind of aspect of you know you were talking about off mic with humans you know you you have these synthetic uh, machines who are just like, hey, dude, I just want to, I just want to exist. Yes, and well, the, there are the few of them because there's only like uh, the, the, this is the tricky part of the show. There's only like a few, a handful of them that were built with consciousness. The rest sure. of them just follow code and program, and so they just do what they're doing. And like, they just do what they're doing. So it's like some of them, and the, you're right, they were like that that one pivotal moment when they were like the humans think that we want to rule over them or destroy them or enslave them, and he's just like, now that we know that we exist, we just want to exist. Yeah, it's like, it's because that, yeah, I know, and and it's the same thing with the replicants in the Blade Runner, uh, in the Blade Runner, uh, they they just they feel because they're conscious and because they have there there's a materiality to what they to what the who they are, they feel like they they have a right to exist, especially you know, and first of all, in the first Blade Runner, they're uh, eventually giving a, a short lifespan that's built into their biology. Because if you, I mean, if you actually look at them, they're, they are biological. They're, they're androids in the, or cyborgs maybe, um, uh, but they're still flesh and blood. They just have been biologically designed to only live a certain amount of time. And that's because like we're, they're expendable. They're supposed to be for as a utility. Uh, but even then, they they still live like they want to have they need purpose because right. they're just as human as us you know they're just used for a specific function i mean essentially they function as slaves in that universe right um which clearly i mean there's there's amazing parallels uh there right but uh, even in, the in humans world. too they i think what they're really kind of like scratching the surface on is this kind of idea of you have humans on the one side 
who are, you know, some of them are, are really ecstatic that they, they get the chance to do things that they would rather be doing and not like have the sense to take care of these oh, things sure, to yeah. free up their time. <clears throat> but the people that don't, you know, they're, they're like, oh, they're, they, you know, if I want to become a doctor, what's the point? You know, they're all, they're already all sense right. that are great. If yeah. I want to do this, what's the point? Like they're taking away, you know, the, my purpose, correct? Mm-hmm. And then you have the sense on the other hand who... Like there's this really powerful scene, like where she's like a sex robot, like and she's like a conscious one, but uh-huh. like the basically <clears throat> their friends, she's like, you just have to stay here a little longer, you know, please mm. just pretend. So like you see this cutscene of her just trying to pretend, and like there's this moment after like this guy leaves, where she just like screams like in the mirror, and then you watch her face morph right back into like you know like hidden robot I'm, face. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, ooh, that was such a powerful transition. It was almost like this because they're forced to have a purpose. They feel like they have none. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you have people yeah. that are no longer forced to choose a purpose, feel like they don't have a purpose and people that in these sims that have were forced to have a purpose because they're forced to feel that there is no purpose. <laughs> yeah. And you know, that whole yeah. interesting hodgepodge of, of thought, you know, it's just, it's just, it's, it's very thought, you know, evoking. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's, and it's, and it's contemporary, you know, like what we were saying, you know, there's a reason why people like, Andrew Yang have the same kind of popularity as he does, you know, in talking about automation or Elon Musk, right? And, He's talking and, you know, about and that. maybe humans like in, in its own right, like it, it could, it really probably does echo the fears that, that one may have of the, the future of automation. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's also a good, a prevalent. It's definitely prevalent in that show. Like what, what, how the cultural, you know, the response would be to like these problems that Andrew Yang is claiming, like this whole automation takeover when it actually does arrive or mm-hmm. if it will arrive, you know, let's say for, you know, for, for, I guess, thought experiment purposes here, let's just say that like in 10 years from now, like when the, when self-driving trucks immediately come on the scene or we have like actual, a huge shift in, in the job film, like yeah. how are we going to handle it? Yeah. You know, and that's what the leftovers is really great about too. Like, Oh yeah. Like absolutely. This, this fantastical event happens. Like how does right, something completely ridiculous completely and out of ridiculous. the ordinary, how does the, you know, and so for those of you that haven't seen the leftovers, the fantastical, first event, of all, it's a, amazing. It's incredible. Um, it's uh, HBO. So the, the, the premise of the show is 2% of the population just disappears. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's it's, the start. It's, it's sort of, I think originally it was sort of, uh, promoted as this, I'm using air quotes here as like this rapture like event, you know, people yes. just disappear in, well, in that's the rapture. What, you know, that's what some people think it is. So like they were right, really planning yeah. on like what people's... there's, a, there's also a lot of heavy religious, uh, symbolism uh, and yeah, symbolism yeah, in that and, show. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. A lot of and metaphorical use as well. But the, 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 the reason being is because everything that happens in the show, it's just really, they do an, what I think is their closest to honest, like guess of what humanity would do if out of the blue one day we woke up and before we knew it, 2% of the population just fucking disappeared, which is not a small amount of people. It's not, I think the last time I looked up. So, I mean, if you, if you take our current population now at like, what are we at? Seven and a half billion, maybe, maybe more 7.6 or something. It might be rising, but I remember like when we were kids too, it was like seven and a half billion. Yeah. So let's just say seven. Okay. Uh, Oh, I know. Hold on. Seven. Sorry, I'm literally doing math on my calculator right now. Uh, let's see. That's thousand million. I'm glad is that, that you... is that seven and a half billion right there, or do I need to add three more zeros? Sorry, I'm literally doing this on my. You need to add three more zeros. Okay. 
So, all right, seven and a half billion times. And I love that 42. you also had to clarify that you're doing math on your calculator. Nobody's yeah. going to assume that you're doing it in your head. You're fine. Oh wait, no, that's not. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I think, that's, I think that's almost. You're way that's too almost f- two billion people. You're too focused to hear that dig. I can't wait for you to go. No, back no, and I, I to got what you. <laughs> no, I got you where you're saying. But I was also like, hold on, I want to make sure I'm right here. Anyway, sure. it's a lot of people. That's two percent of, people. of the world's population. There's a lot of people. Yeah, and like they show and, scenes where it's like this, like uh, one of the one of the cool scenes is like when they disappeared. There's like a, there was a gymnasium. It was like a science class, and they were all holding hands and oh, touching right. the, the orb, and the orb is glowing. And the way that the cinematographer did it is like when the event happened, the orb just stopped glowing, and they're like, "What?" And then you look around, and you realize that like kids are nobody's, just missing. Yeah, nobody's like, touching. Yeah, they yeah. used to be holding hands. Like right. I thought that was a very like like for whoever their cinematographer was or responsible for their shots. Like that was just that was a great moment. That was a great shot to yeah. just really kind of yeah. just the subtleness of it and how like fast. I think even in the trailer of the show, like one of the very first scenes in the show, it's like a woman coming out of a. Uh, of a shopping mall or shopping center or a grocery store and she's talking on the phone agitated and she yes. has a uh, a child with her in her bassinet or 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 car seat whatever she gets a kid in the car and she's talking on the phone and she's trying to put groceries in and then the kid is crying upset mm-hmm. right and uh and she's you know obviously visually visibly stressed out and she's talking on the phone and then the kid stops crying for a second and she looks back and the kid is gone kid's gone yeah and it's obviously a very stressful moment. You're like, what the hell is going on? And she's freaking out. Yep. Calling for her child's name. And then you realize in the surrounding yeah, area, like the shopping carts just moving on its own. Like where you used to like, yeah, there's yeah. like a kid in the shopping cart yep. and they and the kid's dad is gone. Yep. Cars are crashing into each other. And it's like, what the hell the is fuck going on? Happened yeah. immediately just sparks your interest and your curiosity. Like, yeah, like that first moment you're like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm in. Yeah. Especially <laughs> too. I mean, with, I mean that show, that show is clever on so many ways, Oh yeah. but like the music cues that they have within it, a lot of the, the a lot oh. of the subtle piano oh, that they the, have, the, the piano, the violin. It's like, and, and they train you. It's like, they have such yeah. they had such a great the motifs like, throughout this yeah, entire the musical show competition uh, competition the musical <laughs> composition um is is great and, and they train you to where like they use like the same kind of tones and the same uh uh the same rhythmic patterns when when particular moments are happening right so yeah. it's like when you hear a certain sound you're like i need to be you're like attention. i need to know yeah, i need this to, this yeah. is a, this is going to be an important moment that you know because you get trained you're like oh violin's gone shut up shut up everybody shut up the violin's playing yeah like, <laughs> something like, important is happening yeah, when the violin goes on something crazy about to go down you know yeah so. like fucking you know yeah in the second season i mean justin Th- uh justin Thoreau, right that's his uh, mm-hmm. the, yes. the actor's name Lead you know he yeah. he uh for you know he has to go first of all i mean that show the ideas that they have going on, there's like an afterlife in that show. I would have loved to right? be in the writer's room. Like, could you imagine just being in the writer's room for that process? Like, the things that they were coming up with were just... Because their whole idea of the afterlife was really interesting and bizarre. And right, because it's just, just more life. Yeah, in season two, this way he does the karaoke bit too, right? To, yes, uh, yes, yeah, yeah which yeah, is ama- yeah. another amazing... <laughs> so I'm I'm we're gushing for a second on the leftovers, yeah, but yeah. it's but it's a great show, and I think what's important too, maybe well I'll just segue into this here. What good sci-fi does, what what sci-fi does well when it is good, is oftentimes yes, of course you have the plot, what's going on, and you have these sort of fantastical things that are happening that are outside of our own reality. But what's important is that they are driven by important, by strong characters. Mm -hmm. Right. And so with the leftovers, for example, (laughs) 
Well, <laughs> anyway. Sure, yeah. Uh, we had an old episode on that. If you're curious on our thoughts, no, go no, back I, just, I just meant, like, I'm glad that it's driven by strong characters because yeah, if it was yeah, driven yeah, for by sure. the story that they're trying to tell and the. Freedom, oh, no, it'd be ridiculous. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. I'm saying that Star Wars is probably one of the best examples of, like, the characters are so amazing Absolutely, in that yeah. that fuck it we'll we'll like we're gonna bitch about a bad story but we're still gonna go see it like let's be honest. of course and I mean the thing is too I mean you know what George Lucas you know originally you know a lot of people originally called the original trilogy was like it's a it's a modern day space opera you know so yeah. like a, like a soap opera that are driven by characters that's drama. why I like Firefly you know Firefly oh sure was, yeah a lot of people love Firefly, Firefly was ahead of its time yeah. Yeah. Know, it got canceled prematurely, and it was a fantastic show. I think if if there wasn't now, granted, I wasn't a particular fan of Firefly, but if there wasn't, if Firefly never existed, then we probably wouldn't have the Mandalorian. Yeah, probably not because yeah. is a huge influence in Firefly. Like because yeah, because you know, Firefly is is it was the original kind of like space cowboy opera, mm-hmm, you know, in, mm-hmm. in a sense, and absolutely, and, and people just weren't having that at the time. But like when I watched that, I'm like, that was a beautiful mold of like you know, Western style justice and, and themes and sure and activity yeah. in yeah. space so yeah. i'm just like that's you know and cowboy bebop does well oh so, for sure yeah yeah so. i mean so much so that they're still there netflix is still trying to work on getting a live action version really of it. yeah it's a. Uh, I can't remember the one of the, the the either the showrunner or the main character but he played um sulu on the on the uh on the jj abrams star trek movies oh um, okay I wish I remember the actor's name, but yeah, he's been trying to get a, a Cowboy Bebop uh, live action show on Netflix going for the past yes. couple years. Han Sulu. Yeah. <laughs> that good. Good one. Uh, <laughs> I know that you're like an avid Star Wars fan. So I was like, just me mixing Star Wars and Star Trek. You know, here's the thing. I mean, it's not like two I'm, their own. I, I just I'm, I have a very I'm very opinionated with with Star Wars. You know, like and I, anyway. I know you are. Well, we, we had a whole episode about right. it. So. But to get back um, on track here, you were talking about memorable characters and leftovers. So if you want to for sure, I mean, like, there. guess, like with with the leftovers specifically, I mean, I think Justin Thoreau's character, Kevin Garvey uh, in the leftovers was probably one of the one of the best characters in television for one, but then also one of the more interesting characters in sci-fi over the last decade. Yeah. And I think it's because throughout that show, throughout three seasons, we see a man who is sort of indifferent to the world. He's obviously angry, you know, but then he sorts, he sort of reassembles his family and his past life in a lot of ways. But then he also, over the course of the second season and into the third season, he realizes how important he is and we, and he has to face that importance and, mm-hmm. And just the growth that he goes through throughout that show is, I mean, it's amazing. It I mean, is. I mean, just I, the show has been out for a few years now, but I mean, a spoiler word in the second season when he's in the afterlife, what I was sort of getting to earlier is that there was this character who was haunting him, who he, he didn't kill. She killed herself. But like, there's Patty, right? Who mm-hmm. who kills herself and goes that to the famous, afterlife. Uh, I, I'd be like hearing and saying all the time because. Right. So my roommates, my <laughs> my roommate, his brother's name is Kevin. Okay. So every <laughs> yeah. time, every time, like you know, he's facetiming because you know he's stationed in Japan right now. But when when Matt's like facetiming him, I'm like, I just always come up. I go. Oh hi, Kevin! Hi, Kevin! Hey, Kevin! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, God, who's that actress? I mean, she's a really famous she, actress. Well, she, uh, because she's doing. Uh, she's uh, she is in uh, *Handmaid's Tale* right now. 
She plays Aunt oh, Lydia. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So for any of you seeing Handmaid's, the same actress that plays Lydia in Handmaid's. Yeah. I, I'm fortunate. I do not have her name handy. I mean, we have phones. I could probably look it up because I want to talk about Nora too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because Nora is probably my favorite character. Like, of course, Kevin, you, you're going to love Kevin. The thing. Well, with, hold on. Let sorry, me. Let, I'll sorry. let you Before get into that. Shit, but I do want to finish with with Kevin here. There yeah. is one scene where where Patty the the sort of Patty sort of it's weird. She sort of functions as like this like demon almost like character that's haunting demon or ghost like yeah, character like, that yeah, haunts like, kevin like it's almost like after she kills herself his own thoughts like, yeah and it's just like it's like it's, it represents like the anxious negative part of himself in a weird mm-hmm. way and it's like yeah they definitely use her as like strong symbolism in season two yeah and in the yeah and in season two like she is like again haunting him in a lot of ways and so he goes to the afterlife to get rid of her which is really interesting and to get rid of her he what does he have to do? He like to, he finds well, a child version of of her, right? Yeah, and he's got to like come to terms, and he's it, basically he has to like let her go by yeah by by you know, symbolically her. pushing her down a well. Yeah, and I just remember the moment, like because this child version obviously she's trying to trick him, I guess, and she's saying like, no, please don't kill me and everything, and he just has this moment of exhaustion where he just pushes her down yep. the well and you you see it in him that like one he he's accepted that this is what he has to do but two like he's so tired yeah like he he's so tired that it's just like at that moment it's like what is morality yeah <laughs> yeah it just pushes her it's down like, the well fuck it you yeah. know and just pushes her and it's just like wow and there's like a, this moment of silence in it too that is just like amazing. Anyway, please yeah, go talk about Nora because she's just, also amazing. I just want to talk about because because even the actress that played her, the, the the what really made me the moment that made Nora my favorite character is you know she had lost her family. So the thing about her right. backstory, her, her entire family. Yeah. So the first time, the first time, and, and they call the event. Uh, it's. You what know, is, what do, what do they call it? Uh, so I, I thought you had her name. Are you looking? Uh, at I, uh, the woman who plays Nora. Yeah, Carrie Coon. Carrie Coon. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So Carrie Coon. She, and then Anne Dowd is the one. Anne who plays, Dowd uh, is, who plays is, Patty. Is, yes, yeah, she's yeah. she's Patty. Oh hi, yeah. Kevin. But uh, Nora, she, you know, the range or the the emotional dexterity of that of that what it would take to play that character. Yeah. And it's. It's like, so the first time the 2% of the population disappeared, both of her children and her husband disappeared. And she right. was in the kitchen. And then she had like, they're all... At oh, the, I remember too, because yep. like she was in like this huge argument yep. with them. Yep, they, she's like yeah. this huge argument. And they were all at the table. She was in the kitchen. And like after like the thing, and she turned around and they were just gone. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, and then... <laughs> Like, then, how does one come right. back from that? Right, and so that? then it comes out to that. But then when there's a part in season two where they, they think that it may have happened again, there's, like, a fear because one of the neighbor's daughters disappeared. Oh, yeah. She and she has, like, a breakdown, doesn't she? That's the scene yeah. I'm talking about yeah. where she, like, you just watch the panic attack start to happen, that this happened again, and she thinks that Kevin, you know, like, he didn't That's right, because Kevin is gone at the moment. Yep. He's off doing and something then, in the middle of the night. Well, be, yeah, because <laughs> when he comes in just covered in mud, she hugs him and then slaps him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just, like, her, the buildup emotionally, watching her start to freak out, starting to realize that she thinks it's happened again, mm-hmm. like, that was some of the most compelling moments of of like television which is uh, interesting too because her character from what we learn in the in the first season is she literally uh is part of this government organization after after the de- the depart what do they what do they call it i can't remember is it like no it, they yeah, call them the, the departed departure. 
The departure? I think it's the departure. That sounds like a made-up word. It doesn't sound anyway. like a made-up word. <laughs> anyway, so, I mean, she, she ends up working uh, for this department uh, that has to deal with issuing money to families to people who have lost their families with oh, the, people the who sudden departure it's the sudden departure okay so it's great. called the departure yeah great and they're so, called the departed yeah the, okay, so it is right. the event's called the departure great cool so yeah so she works for this organization and literally her, her job is to figure out if people are bullshitting yeah, like yes. say, saying that like, oh no, my family. Yeah, like, because that's yeah. another interesting aspect of that show. Because like, oh yeah, this one guy, you know, they thought he's departed, but we found him in Mexico, like doing some da da da. Yeah, like spending but, a bunch of fucking yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. So like, there's people that were taking advantage <laughs> and just disappearing, and you know, claiming to be departed. I forgot about that. Yeah, like it was yeah. Departed, I gotta and, go back and you know what too. Part of part of what her company, what her organization does, is sell bodies. Or no, no, no. Sorry, she runs into somebody who sells bodies, like recre- like recreations of people's loved ones so that they can be buried. Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah, that's like a weird fucking thing. But I yeah, mean, but, I mean, but, I get it. But, but again, it's one of those things that makes sense. So it's like, the, you know, that with that particular sci-fi, it, it just, you know, I guess to me, there's like two aspects of sci-fi that I enjoy. I enjoy the fantastical, like, okay, this is ridiculous. Sure. Like, but I'm, but yeah. I'm, I'm in, you know, when they're just yeah. like, Oh shit! We got to do this, and then like, oh, I'll, oh, well, what if I pull this lever and plug this into this? We saved the world, <laughs> right? You know. But then yeah. there's the other versions of sci-fi. Where you're like, holy shit! They're like, they're tapping into some realistic shit. It's almost like, and it feels like plausible. Like it feels like a, a tangible thing that I'm watching. Even though, like, the leftovers is high sci-fi. Like yeah. it's 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 hard science fiction. It is, but it's it's it barely feels that way. Barely feels that. It way. feels more like just like a a a gritty, visceral human drama, just because of how close it is to what we think that and people I think might that's react why, and, and that what you just said is why i think my theory of why the walking dead is so popular oh sure oh absolutely because the absolutely, walking dead Josh. what they did at any others it wasn't like oh we're feared of zombies no it's literally like it is what a people do hyper drama yeah like just set in like a, a fictional post-apocalyptic world but the, yeah. what was happening is it's more about the people's relationship and people yeah. against people and what humanity would do and how our relationships would build or the things like that it's we, not about the zombies it's not about the zombies the zombies yeah. are just a a function to to establish like they're this, a catalyst they're yes. a catalyst to get us to 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 have complex human relations yes yeah. and and yeah. or really explore what like when you degrade culture what things really would stay true yeah like what what will what we find out about human yes, nature yes what what would we value and i think that is really what with most apocalyptic uh or successful apocalyptic like shows or, or movies in the sci-fi wow. genre is that question alone is like to me what i think is popular is is all these movies that they don't just go oh my god this is an apocalypse world no it's it's what values will we still hold on to mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. there's no culture to to kind of establish a baseline on values right it's kind of like you know I, and I, I won't spend very much time on this because it's a very different conversation but like with the Marvel movies you know these are obviously very fantastical uh, scenarios with people that by no means could exist at all and they're based on comic books however right. what comic books do is they essentially function as modern mythology and I mean, if you think about it, going back like fascinating, yeah, I like that, yeah, idea. like hundreds, like thousands of years, we have these ideas of 
of mythic heroes, right? And Doing some of them are real mythic life. heroes. Like Thor is a real mythic hero. Yeah, absolutely. And it's something that we have attributed to a, a, a mythical character that is supposed to, these stories are supposed to tell something about us. You know, if you look about, look at the Greek gods and what they do to each other, they're constantly fucking with each other. They're constantly like yeah, screwing each other over and having sex with each other. The OG MCU. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it, it's funny. Well, because they did, because they had stories they interacted with each Absolutely. other like and you know they had dialogues they had demigods they had like you know gods hated each other like yeah there's a whole like soap operatic drama going on with absolutely the gods. and you know there's this famous parallel right with out of out of christianity that like god created man in his image when really it's the reverse you know we created these gods in our images because these are the things that we're trying to tell about ourselves these are the stories that we're trying to tell what's more important to us most okay. of these episode done great 27 yeah. minutes oh, wow. <laughs> fantastic <laughs> <laughs> we that did a, it, Josh. That was a great line yeah. right there. Yeah, that, that's, that was a yeah. good line. Uh, yeah, that'll be, uh, you know, we'll put that in the headline there. That'll, that'll uh, be the intro clip. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, this is, now, you know what's awkward? I say that, and now, like, if it's not, people are going to get to this moment and go, oh, like, what happened? Oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something's going on. Something, Something else is going to happen yeah. in the podcast that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Next but, time on Necessary BS Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, um, yeah, you know, I think that. These these stories that we tell ourselves are more often than not supposed to say something about us. You know, something that, uh, you know, a, a show that I was I was fortunately able to get you into, into was uh, Dark on Netflix. It was this great German language film. I know you watch it in English, but, but that's okay. It's something about that show is that it's it's a sci-fi time travel fucking German language drama that you wouldn't expect. However, there are some really gripping character oh, moments, yeah. really know, gripping plot points. This is going to be a spoiler, and yeah. it's been, it's okay. It's been out for a few years now, so if you haven't seen it, we apologize. But watch it regardless, because it really just doesn't do it justice. But yeah. the, the the main concept of you find out that this person who is like because it kind of follows these kids in a sense. Yeah, yeah. And you find out that their father is a time traveler on accident. In a sense, <laughs> yeah. I, I guess mean, I'm, so. I'm trying yeah. to be. I'm still. I'm trying to sp- like do spoilers, but at the same time, not do spoilers. If that makes sense, I suppose so. <laughs> I guess if it's going to be too confusing. Long story short, is these people find out that like this kid that 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 time travels ends up building a family, and we find out that like the family that we've been following the whole long is a result of that. So he will always have to time uh, disappear when he's a kid. Yeah, like there's no. Yeah. So the kid goes that, from Mikkel to Michael. Yeah. Right. And so Mikkel, the kid, so he's the kid that's currently missing in the world that we're in. Cause he gets, tri- no, no, uh, yeah, he gets, he goes not back yet. to the past. Well, because there's, well, first of all, there's, uh, there's Ulrich Nielsen's, uh, brother, right. Who went missing in the eighties. Right. Right. Yes. I'm, I'm yeah. talking about, no, no, I'm talking about the, not the, no, the one you're talking the, about his son, his Mikkel, son, Mikkel, right. Who goes, he doesn't go missing right away. No, no, no. But what I meant is when he goes missing, like, you find out that he was, he he is still around in the time from just an older version of himself. Just yeah, the concept of he has to go missing. He has to eventually go back in time. Otherwise, otherwise, none this of these, other character wouldn't even exist. N- the characters that we follow, a lot of the kids that you follow, a lot of those characters in that show wouldn't exist if yeah. he doesn't go back in time when right. he's young and doesn't relive a life. So he has to leave his whole family behind, you know, in order to do that. And like, and then. The real kicker is, is that what starts this whole investigation is he kills himself. 
Yes, that's right. That's right. So, so now it's this weird paradox where because he went back in time, because he created his family, because this happened, he now knows that he always has to. And do you know that. what? What's even more fucked up? So okay, so let's two, just just you know, like wrap your mind around that for a little yeah. bit because I'm even confused. You and I trying to explain it. Yeah. So but like it's it's, it's so a huge. Mikkel, who is the son of Ulrich Nielsen, he goes into this cave. Right. So there's this. There are these cave systems underneath this fictional town in Germany called Vinden, and they there is this doorway that allows you to to travel in time, either thirty three years into the past or, or thirty three years, years into, into the future. future. So thirty three right? year gap. So, that's it. so he goes in, and they open period. They don't open all the time. There's like right. moments. There's yeah, like there are moments, moments where they're, they're open. open. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he goes thirty three years into the into the past, into the eighties. This uh, Mikkel character, um, and he gets stuck there. He doesn't know how to get back. He's this like confused kid, which. God, dude, I gotta say, like, being a parent and my wife and I watching it together, I strongly identify with Ulrich, his father, because I'm like, Jesus Christ, I don't know what, I, like, what that, what he does, all the shit that he does throughout that season. Right, because I'm his like, kids, yeah, yeah. Ah, dude, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. And so, <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's emotional. Anyway, right, right, so. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, me so too, because I feel for my non-existent kid. Okay, right. <laughs> thanks, Josh, for <laughs> for being on my side. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you know, he goes into the past and gets stuck there, and what ends up happening is he just stays there, ends up meeting this other girl, has a family with her, and then births some other son, who is in relation to uh, these other kids whose family also is. Time travel. Anyway, what's important is that, like Josh was saying, is that what kicks off the sh- the show is that Mikkel, who's who's the son, ends up going by the name of Michael. Yes, and he kills himself. What's interesting is because his son that he has also time travel time travels back into the past when before he kills himself. Yes, and tells him like, dude, why did you leave me this letter? Mm-hmm. Because his because his father leaves him this letter to a open very specific up for, letter like, like open don't his, open until yes. this time and blah blah blah, and his son brings him this letter, and it's the letter that he sees that makes him have to that he's like, okay, well I have to kill myself. Yep. Otherwise, you won't be born. Yep. It's like Jesus Christ. Yep. Because he like, the and and they have that too. It's like and there's also you know there God what other show. Where there's that moment where she's like, did I do that? Where it's like, did I start the whole, like, oh, God, it's like, uh, maybe you might maybe you might know what I'm talking about. And I could try to look it up. But the, sure. the, the premise is, is like, he kills. Oh, no, it's oh, it, it's Expanse. Have oh, you the, Expanse. the Expanse. Right, yeah. I haven't seen it, but I okay. know lo- people love that show. Uh, it, moved, I, it was from sci-fi and then we moved to Amazon. Yeah, right? and Amazon did a fourth season. I think it got renewed for a fifth season, but I think the fifth will be its final season. Okay. Uh, yeah. But it is an amazing show. Yeah. Uh, and I... Like there's not again, sorry for spoilers, but there's a moment where they've been trying to hunt this guy down because he killed somebody important. Uh-huh. And like and it's no, I'm I'm totally wrong. It's not the expanse. It's uh, I'm I'm thinking of the Watchmen. Forgive me. Oh, Watchmen. I'm thinking of oh, the Watchmen. So, that was another great show. Yes. Also gosh. by the 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 showrunner and writer of The Leftovers. I'm only going to get the season 1 though. They're not they're not I know, continuing. yeah. Which I'm Perfectly fine yep, with because the 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 or the the you know, the writer said I told the story I wanted to tell so yeah, kudos I'm for done. him yeah awesome I know um, however you know I would love to see more stuff in that universe I think the watch of course like a, yeah cool of stuff. course yeah uh, but however like that moment where you know the grandfather that killed the police chief you know and, yeah you know she goes you know she uses John to go back and go why did you you know she asked why did you kill him he goes who 
da, da, da. and then she goes, Oh my God, did I set this off? Like, right. am I the reason why he kills him? Because like, I wanted to know why, but I'm the one that brought it like, uh-huh. so that whole, you're the para- one that brought it into yes, his mind yes. to kill him. You're the one that brought it into his mind to kill him. So, right. Because what, what was it like? She, she found in, in the police, well, he was the police chief, right? Who killed, yes. him, who was killed. He was killed. She found a, a, a KKK right. out. Well, Cause she was told like the old guy is like, I killed him. And she's like, you didn't do that. He's like, we'll go check. And then she found the old KKK. That's right. Yeah. She stuff. found the KKK outfit. Right. In and his then closet. like, I guess it was like, I, I don't know. Maybe it was like a, I'm not sure exactly remembering what happened per se. Cause I don't think he was a bad guy in the end. No, um, he wasn't. It was like his just grandfather's or something. Yeah, and he was yeah. just keeping it as memorabilia. Yes. Yeah. Something right? like that. And then like, but, with, Sorry, no, go ahead. Go I'm just ahead. saying that she cared about him and then her grandfather, like that she finds out later, eventually kills him. And then she, you know, when John comes in, John can like be in the, the past. Talking about Dr. Time. Manhattan. Yeah, just Dr. to be sorry, clear. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Dr. Manhattan. And uh, when when he goes back and she's like, well, ask him what's going on, you know, with you know, with the police chief. And then he goes, he's he's asking, he doesn't know that who it is. Yeah. And she and Angela, uh, the lead character, has that moment of like, oh my God, did I just put... You put the idea in I his head. I just put the idea in his head. Like, yeah. me trying to figure out why he had the idea in his head, like, that meant that I did it. So it's like that, that again, that, that whole time travel loop of, like... Even though it wasn't it wasn't really... I mean, you could say it was time travel, but what's, what's interesting about Dr. Manhattan is, first of all, I, I love his well, character. Well, I guess time manipulation. Well, it's just, so. it's just that he... His consciousness... He doesn't experience time. He experiences... Every like every moment since his creation, right into eternity, as insofar as he exists, he can he sees all of those time, the, all he sees his entire timeline and existence simultaneously. Yeah, right. So that's 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 interesting because there's also in uh, in humans again. Sorry for the spoiler alert. Uh, one of the one of the one of the, the dude who you find out that he is the first. He's a biosynth. So he's human that he has synth augmentations. Okay. And he's the only one and like he keeps it hidden because most what people co- Sorry, I haven't seen the show. So what constitutes as being a synthetic? Do you literally have, are you like a cyborg, like a Terminator? Like you have machine parts and then yes, you have skin you're like, over you? Yes, you're a Terminator. Okay, ba- okay, in a, great. in a sense. There's like a special fluid that you have and there's like skin grafts and like... And so a human have- who is augmented, literally they have like biomechanical augmentations. So you start, well, no, so he looks completely human and he bleeds. But like we, one thing you find out is like he's he dies and you're like, oh shit. And then like like one of the sins puts him in the bathroom and they take his bandages off and he has like this like thing and he connects him. And then like, you see the thing glitch and he powers up. Oh, so he is a synthetic. He just has more biological components. So it turns out he's not. So he, he was biological. And then like when, when he had complications, his dad, like some basically gave him a mechanical mind. Okay. He's, he's a human body, but when mechanical mind is set up, and there's a scene where he's like, you know, where and he's like, you okay? And he's like, he's like, you really remember everything? Because he's got a picture perfect memory and he can uh-huh. link in and show his memories oh, because his memories are saved on a hard drive. Yeah. And, you know, he's like, you, you remember everything. He goes, she's like, that must be great. And he goes, it's living hell. Yeah. He goes, yeah, yeah. Th- he goes, I can, re-, he goes, human beings are, dis- we're supposed to forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he said, my psyche wasn't designed to just remember everything. to remember everything vividly. Yeah. He goes, I remember every pain, every good moment. I remember it all vividly. And he goes, I struggle. And I was just sitting there like, Oh my God, like what an interesting concept to, you know, make him you know, human. Yeah. But like give him a, a machine's brain of remembering everything. And he's going, I wasn't built 
to remember everything. Yeah. Like, and it's fucking me up. You know, so you know what that really reminds me a lot is Black Mirror on oh, Netflix. Oh, yes. I mean, I know it's a, originally a BBC show, but there's that BBC. one episode. <laughs> BBC? It's a BBC? BBC? Uh, so BBC show. There's, uh, there's a one episode where, I, can't, I don't remember the name of the episode, but it's where you can get an augmentation in your eyes and, and brain where it literally records everything that you that you see and you can play those memories back like either through your vision or you can put them you can like you know uh like cast them you know like a chromecast onto tvs or whatnot and show other people um and this they there's this two people this couple that have this relationship who end up like cheating on each other or something i can't remember exactly what happened in the episode but this one guy ends up like asking her to show her memory of her cheating on him. And he goes back and like shows her his memories and like it triggers all these emotional responses. And he ends up like reliving their lives through his memories, even though he's not happy. There's one scene I remember too, where they're both having sex with each other and it's pretty mindless sex. But what they're both doing is through this, technology in their vision they're reliving another time when they had sex that's more passionate because that's it's just more interesting for them even though they're having really boring sex like right there it's almost like vr right see that's interesting that reminds you know what that reminds me of that reminds me of uh i, I know you have never read the book series one of my favorite book series is the pendragon series. sure yeah uh there's 10 books in the series it's young adult literature i i found i got my i i found the first book in my garage when I was cleaning out my garage and my brother's stuff mm-hmm. when I was 13 and when mm-hmm. I started reading it. And um, I think I was 19 when I finished the series, but I just bought the complete uh, the complete collection and I'm, I'm kind of rereading it. And I th- I can't remember if it's book three. No, it's not book three. Either book four or book... No, it's, it's book five. <laughs> Possibly six. Yeah. Maybe seven, maybe eight, maybe nine. <laughs> no, but the point is, <laughs> the point is, is that like he's a traveler and he's got to save like each territory that he goes to. And one of the territories he goes to to save, you find out that the the planet had created this virtual reality technology. Okay. And it's this technology where you can sink in and it like puts you in and they apparently connect you up to the tube. So it like literally you can be in where it feeds you. Like it literally feeds you and like you have waste that goes out too. So you can oh, sure. be in there like for a while. And, like, there's obviously cool virtual reality stuff that he goes through. But then you find out that the world, the real world, is dying. Oh, So many people want to live in VR that, yeah. that food is not being produced. The streets are not being kept clean. There's, like, things that are going on. And the world itself, the people are just choosing to die in this VR world that they can create for themselves. And he's trying to, like basically get people to find that purpose again to actually want to go work to actually want to go take care of their their cities and Mm -hmm. their towns because like he's not saying it's like your world is dying Mm -hmm. you know and you're in this virtual reality and you know and i'm not going to give a spoiler on if he succeeds or not because you have to read the book (laughs) however (laughs) that book was very different when i was like 15 or 16 and read it for the first time i was like that even that was the first time i was like wow like you know here it is. He's really vocalizing the fear of technology. You know, the fear of, Oh yeah. Like, you know, here is this amazing technology that is so advanced that you can be in your own virtual world that nobody cares about the real world anymore. And it's dying. Yeah. You know, fear of technology is, is a big one, you know, so there's another, uh, so going off of the, the VR thing, there's one, uh, anime that I, I used to watch. It's fairly popular. There's some video games of it now. It's called sword art online. Well, I love sword art online, but it, it, it gets really creepy. It's a touch creepy at points. 
Like yes. the camera yeah. angles are like, why are you between the girl's legs right now? When, Even though like, she's, she's probably thirteen, yeah, it why, is, yeah. It is or Japanese. It's, or it's like, like the know. guys, like the guys doing this villainous talk, and I'm just like, why? Why are you showing his face through her ass? You know what I mean? The camera angles are weird. <laughs> yeah, and then it gets like, <laughs> yeah. and it gets like real, like real weird, real weird. It yeah. gets you know, like especially oh, in the second I'm, season. I'm gonna take you. You know, I'm like, what the fuck? Yes, yeah. yeah second the second season, season is weird. Be- and it, my yeah. problem is, is that they move too fast. Jesus! Oh, for sure. I would have taken Uh, several seasons in like the first one before they even already. Oh yeah, within within the setting of the first season would be good in like three seasons. Yeah, they could have like really built out that progress. I I, I just felt like they moved way too fast. I I completely agree with that. Um, However, I think it's a great show nonetheless. Yeah, the concept is is amazing. Yeah, what stands is that they live in this world where you can play this video game. This guy created this VR world where everybody comes together. It's like this big online RPG. Yeah, where where what made it revolutionary is that you can upload your consciousness in the game right like that's right i mean they didn't really say that but like but that's sort of what's going on i mean the yeah. helmets and like they snap to and they're conscious in the yeah. game like and so is what happens is that uh they get in this game and literally this the creator of the vr I, again i don't i don't remember exactly what happens right but right. he he did something where you as soon as you log into this game you you can't exit until you beat it Right, and if you die in the VR world, you could die in real life. Yes, so because there's not supposed to be any harm to you initially. Yeah, like, exactly. And, but then you find out. Yeah, you like, find out soon. the creator of the game locked everybody in. So not like so. They said if you disconnect, you die, and if you die in the game, you die. The only way to be disconnected and live is to be, and it's a hundred towers. You have to right, do like yeah. A tower, you know, move up a yeah. tower, and each tower is more complicated monsters and exactly. And it was, yeah. but what's interesting about the show is that like the main character meets up with another character, and they form this really interesting bond with each other. Yeah. And they, what God, what did they do? They find Asana, this Asana is her name, and then his name is uh, Kirito. Yeah, Kitty yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah. right. Kitty Toe and Asuna. Yeah, and so... Because I always go, oh, hey, Kitty Toe. Kitty Toe, you yeah. know, and then Ashina, you know. Yeah, um, Kitty Toe and Ashina. Sorry, I know we're probably being offensive. No, right. I just anyway, meant it always... <laughs> no, 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 it, it, I wasn't trying to do a derivative accent. I was saying, like... I, I was. I know. I was making... <laughs> I, I just want... I don't want... Oh, my God. Jesus. Anyway, I don't want you to be linked to me, is what I'm saying. Oh, All gotcha, I was yeah. doing was saying, like, his name at first, I thought they were saying Kitty Toe. Oh yeah, no. There's an there's an R there's an R there. There is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> so uh, yeah, so they eventually they meet this AI. I, again, I, I'm I'm fuzzy on the on the actual details here because I've forgotten as one should, and uh, none of the show. Hey, but good humans one, reference, yeah. even though you've never yeah. seen the show. Yeah. So, so see see yeah. what I'm doing here. Anyway, uh, yeah, they meet this AI who's like th- takes the form of like this young girl, even though they're both. Even, they're still young in the game that they're in, yeah. Uh, and but but they, they but they take on the companionship of this, yeah, of a parent. And the his, now, granted, like the actual parenting that takes place within the show, I'm sure the manga is it, is a little bit longer, but it's only like two episodes, sure, something yeah, like it's, that. It's mad quick. They but move mad fast. They really do. But you do sort of feel something because you know that like they're living there and enjoying their time 
as parent figures with this AI as their daughter. Right. And you're like, shit. And what's crazy like, is like, you know what I, what I love about that, that, that show too, is like, there's a bunch of people that yeah, you do your classic gamers. We're like, I'm going to fight. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Uh-huh. And then he meets one guy. He's just fishing. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, I just bob on the fish. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, and he's right. like, what? He goes, it's peaceful out here, yeah. man. It's Which good. is he's very like, similar to some MMOs like, like World of Warcraft, right. right? You know, where people are just doing that shit. Right. They're just up there crafting. And he's just like, yeah, I'm stuck in here, but whatever. Like it is what just it fishing, is. Yeah. Um, yeah. but no, yeah, so we're, we're kind of getting close to time here. So I, I think what I, you know, kind of my kind of last closing thoughts here is, is really just kind of identifying that, you know, we've riffed on sci-fi. We've talked about all the different shows that we've watched, but there's been one kind of common link between all of these that, that I think you and I enjoy is that we don't, we're not just like, it's not the story per se that we yeah, not necessarily keep reiterating. It's, it's more of that. How does that sci-fi story connect with my reality? Yeah. You know, because that's yeah. what we have to do because we, you know, it's a fantastical world. We can suspend our disbelief because when we watch these shows and because we know that like an aspect of them are not real, but when we really get involved, like the leftovers, there were moments where I forgot that oh, this was a time. sci-fi show. Big time, big time. Yeah. And when sci-fi shows do that, like that's like the expanse. Like I would, the reason why I knew I was going to enjoy that show is there's a moment where you forget yeah. That's like in the future. Yeah. You know, you're just like so in with the story because yeah. it's so relevant. Well, yes. Yeah, so why do you think people love Battlestar Galactica so much? Yes. You know? And that's why it's like, you know, it's the same thing. I think sci-fi, if done right, it's very similar to and the, the 80s too because the 80s was the whole sci-fi oh, sure. yeah. realm. And yeah. those films are still classic today because like my professor told me in college, sorry for the thespian uh, flex here, but he <laughs> said... Do it often enough. Shakespeare... Yeah, just like you bring up Nietzsche. Shakespeare... <laughs> Like the reason why Shakespeare has been continued to be done for 400 plus years. And the reason why a lot of the plots for his plays, he stole it's because of the human emotion and the human struggles and the human conflict that we can all relate to even 400 plus years later. Mm -hmm. Like we might not be able to understand the language and we might not be able to do this or do that. But when you watch these plays, like you can feel the emotions on the stage and you can feel some of the crazy things that a lot of his characters end up going through. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think I'll end on a similar note here is that, you know, what I was talking about earlier with dark, I, again, you know, like obviously time travel and what's going on. Like it's completely out of the realm of reality. However, seeing how these people react, especially the family element that's going on in that show. Like everybody is sort of interconnected mm-hmm. in ways that you, might not normally see it's very similar to lost if if anybody listeners are, are familiar with that show like how different characters are, are connected you know i have one thing to say about lost and basically guess who, guess who was a main writer on that show damon lindelof who is the showrunner and writer of the leftovers well oh okay yeah. so anyway uh yeah. lost show by is it josh whedon right no jj abrams jj abrams okay yeah. so with lost jj abrams did an interview and he said they're like oh what what inspired you about lost and he just said uh, my grandfather had a box in his attic with a question mark on it. Told me never to open it. The mystery box. Yeah. And he goes, what? He goes, still to this day. I, I haven't opened it. I haven't yeah. opened it. And I'm, my mind is blown by how interesting and curiosity that is. He goes, I wanted to do something. Did that- he, wasn't, didn't he do a TED talk like that? Yeah. He yeah. just, he wanted to evoke that emotion. The box that his grandfather had with a question mark, the yeah. mystery of that. Mm-hmm. He wanted to yeah. capitulate that mystery. And, yeah. and that's why the show is so popular. But yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and, but yeah, with, with, you know, with dark specifically, I think with the family element, I, I think this is why certain shows have specific effects on particular people is that like, you know, Josh is, is going to have a different reaction to one show than I am. 
obviously, you know, we're different people, but it's, I think it's largely because we have different experiences. Mm-hmm. We, we empathize in different ways. 100%. And, you know, with like what I was saying with earlier, I highly identify with uh, the character of Ulrich on, uh, on dark because like he loses his son and, even though the his kid is like obviously older than my, I mean he's probably like I don't know eight or nine years old, maybe maybe older than that. Right. Um, uh, you know, I see this kid who was lost in the last time, and I'm just like shit. You know that that gets me. So yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, well, why, why don't we leave it there? Yeah, I think, I think this is a great episode. This so is a great episode, guys. We're shooting the shit, and then you'll know, feel free to reach out to Ian and I, uh, necessary BS podcast at gmail.com about your favorite sci-fi films. Yeah. Or reach yeah. out to us on Twitter at Necessary yeah. BS Pod. Necessary BS Pod at Necessary BS Pod. Tell us your sci-fi films. All right, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, Bye. bullshitters. Uh, everything that guy just says bullshit. Thank you. <laughs>